This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week is Tina Amini. Hello from my new studio. Hello, it looks great. Sam Claiborne. Hey, everybody. Old studio. And Justin Davis. (laughs) Hello. We have a great show for you this week. It is Game of the Year Watch time. Game of the Year Watch continues. We finally got a look at the PS5 UI, and there's some very interesting features on there. We know the launch lineup for Xbox Series X and S. But first, I want to thank... Sam, for my Halloween care package that he sent over today. I was wondering if you'd have gotten that or opened it yet. Yeah, this is so fun. Sam sent me a yeah. record that includes apparently a a, 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 a version of the Munsters intro that rips. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's, it's it's all surf, you know, like guitar, but it's like yeah, yeah. it's a really cool yes. version of the Munsters theme. Yes, uh, so like I, I imagine this is '60s era instrumental yeah. rock. Yeah, that's very, I thought, very cool. I thought Kingo would like to dance to that. He would like to dance to this. Good. And it also includes in here, if I can get this out safely. Here so we go. embarrassing. This is my first fan letter in so many years to GameScoop. <laughs> he sent me a Garbage Pail Kid. Uh-huh. And this one is uh, Doomsday Dom uh, number 567A. And I actually have a very extensive Garbage Pail Kid collection. This entire oh book is oh, boy, all... I didn't know that. This is all... Garbage Pail Kids. I said that to you because I don't have this one. Yes. Well, it's Into the World theme. That's the only thing I was going with. (laughs) This is like Doomsday Tom. And it actually, I won't even have to rearrange too much. It's near the back of... uh, Wow, that's really crazy that it's like actually part of your your current collection. I even have a couple... It was the perfect gift. I even have a couple unopened packages Mm -hmm. of Garbage Pail Kids. So that was very nice. Surprise. 
to that receive from really Sam cool. today. I will look out for Series Five Garbage Pail Kids because those just turn up all the all the time for me. Okay. <laughs> I will, I've never run into those again. Hey, is okay. there a Damon? Is there a Damon one? Yeah, there is, but it's D A M O N. Okay, we'll fix it's that one that spells it. Okay, the correct right. way. Of okay. course. Uh, okay, enough nonsense. Uh, <laughs> game of the year watch is Q4, which can only mean one thing. It's time for Q4, Justin. How is oh. Q4, Justin, oh, getting along these days? Yeah, I was just saying before the show started that I crashed on my couch at 8 p.m. and then slept for 11 hours. Cool. And well, I did we just, because we were working so hard on Amazon Prime Day that then as it was winding down, I just fell asleep and crashed and we were watching The Good Place. That's Black Friday Eve, right? Yeah, it is this year. Um, yeah, Q4 Justin's in full effect because then it's Holiday Gift Guide and then yeah. it's Black Friday. Then it's the console launches. Oh, he's here. <laughs> Better have your pumpkin candles on hand. Mm. I can't even go out and get PSLs this year. I need to learn to make oh. them at home. Is that short for pumpkin spice latte? Oh, yes, yeah. but I, I've never PSL? heard that shorthand before. PSL? PSL? Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you guys got to catch up. Oh, okay. it sounds even worse than the real thing. <laughs> Um, no, I, but I'm I'm way beyond. I'm evolved way behind, way beyond the latte. I have pumpkin spice cereal. I have pumpkin spice oh. pop tarts. A pumpkin oh. spice candle for sure, hundred percent. This is the oh, only way to cope. I don't think I have any pumpkins or spice. No pumpkins. Uh, okay, for real. Game of the year watch. <laughs> the past quarter, we added three new tens to the legacy of of ten out tens from IGN. Splunky two, which I know we can't speak. Uh, too much too because I'm the only one that plays it. But there's also Crusader Kings 3, which seems to be a very hardcore RPG, and then Flight Simulator, reviewed by our good friend Seth Macy from the great state of Maine. So this joins uh, The Last of Us Part 2 and Half-Life Alex for five games that have gotten a 10 this year. Um, other notable that, games... Oh, that, sorry, are eligible, that are eligible. Because we also gave Overwatch oh. a 10. But it's not eligible for Game of the Year. We should explain that. Because and uh, also, uh, Persona 5, what is it, Golden? Yes, and Persona, Persona 5, 5 yeah. Golden. Yeah. Is it Golden? Persona Royal. Four. Persona no, 5 Royal. 5 Royal, 4 Golden. Yes, that's it. Uh, other games that people have banded around, a lot of people talk about Hades uh, as their Game of the Year this mm -hmm. year. Um, Justin, are you still playing that one? Yeah, uh, Hades is great. Yeah, I don't have enough it good is. things to say about it. Yeah, that one's really, really good. Uh, of course, Animal Crossing, huge cultural phenomenon early this year. Sam reviewed that one. That's my goatee. Really like, that's your goatee? Mm -hmm. uh, people really like Ori and the Will of the Wisps. More people are getting a chance to play right. that now because it's now out on Switch. And Very coming cool. to Series X. Um, oh, you, uh, just as, yeah, um, is it, a, is it a, one of the launch games? Yeah, we'll, it's we'll on the launch that list that we'll okay. talk about. Spoilers. Yeah. Then, of course, there's Final Fantasy VII Remake and Doom Eternal. Oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry. And Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, and So Ghost. to me, that's sort of the short list of, of games that have either gotten a 10. I, like, let's be honest. Not too many people are going to be fighting for Spelunky 2 at the end of the year when yeah. it comes for Game of the Year talks. I realize it's a very niche title uh, designed specifically for me to play. Well, that's why we right. have the Dini Awards. That's, yeah. That is exactly why we have Remember the, the giant Awards. envelope? I just remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember. What's that, Sam? What's your What's your game of the year, Damon? Uh, Ghosts of Tsushima. Okay, nice. as I of do. right now. Yeah, as of right now. Too. That's yours too. Yeah, that's yours too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you almost left it off the list, Dan. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I, 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 I have a list. That's why I have notes here in front of me. Um, I, I, I pulled the, uh, the Facebook group, um, and the results are pretty interesting, but real quick before we get there, Justin, what would you say is your game of the year so far? Mm, probably Animal Crossing. I did. I really, really loved Spirit Fair, and don't have enough good things to say about it. Which you know, Tom gave a nine, and I, I totally agree with. I, I haven't gone back and ever finished it, so I want to go back and see how it sticks to landing. But the the writing is so heartfelt and good that I uh, my impression is that once I finish it, my opinion of it will probably even climb. Um, so I think right now it's probably Animal Crossing number one with Spirit Fair just a hair below it at number two. Yeah, uh, I did want to also mention Spirit Fair. I see that talked a lot. Um, mentioned it in people's games, favorite, favorite games of the year so far. Uh, it's, on so game, I it's on Game Pass if you have an Xbox. Very cool. Uh, We're really so lucky the the, uh, the Damien Awards are not a vote because it would be uh, two people Ghost, two people Animal Crossing, and there'd be nobody <laughs> to win that. Oh, we, yeah, we need a tiebreaker. The Damey Awards are a benevolent dictatorship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess so. It's a good point. Uh, so let's see. I pulled the Facebook group, uh, which you know anyone who uh, listens this show should probably consider joining because it's a very fun, welcoming group. Uh, all, all these games that I just mentioned, and the last was part two, won by just <laughs> by just a, a landslide. Uh, more than more than twice the amount of votes as the second place uh, entry, which is Ghost of Tsushima. Wow. Okay. It's a very, very, very clear winner uh, among the GameScoop audience, at least in that Both area. PlayStation exclusives and Final Fantasy VII, too. So that's very funny that there's a... Well, it was a big year for PlayStation, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. For PlayStation exclusives, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And then it's funny, uh, next to each entry, you get, you know, they show uh, the face of the, le the last three people who voted for that game. And <laughs> on Ghost of Tsushima, the last person that voted for it was none other, other than IGN publisher John Davison. Oh. On our Facebook group? Yeah. Does cool. that count He's as cheating? <laughs> I was, that's not cheating. Uh, but apparently, Tina, that's John, shares our, John yeah. shares our pick for a game of the year so far. So that can't right. be the tiebreaker. No. <laughs> <laughs> I count. We said it wasn't cheating. What we're going to do is we're going to bring in Seth, and then he's just going to say Flight Simulator, and then we're just going to be back where we start. We're back at square one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we could do ranked choice voting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Sam Animal Crossing's at number three with the GameScape really? group. Oh, yep. That's nice. And yeah, way, at, way at the very, very bottom with two votes is Spelunky 2. And, that, uh -huh. and those, those aren't from me. That's two other people. <laughs> yeah. Two other uh, people than myself. Yeah, sure. Okay, sure. Well, I guess we don't have any way of seeing who they were, so we'll never really know, but we'll just have to take your <laughs> word for it. Um, there was a, uh, uh, I was thinking about Animal Crossing and like, you know, it's the only time that there's been kind of like a, a worldwide cultural phenomenon uh, yeah. since Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I, I, I'm excluding Fortnite because that's ongoing because these are kind of like fad ones. And um, uh, I think it's really interesting that that, you know, this time... We'll probably have Animal Crossing as a discussion about Game of the Year, I think. But Pokemon Go is really controversial because it, we got a bad review. And mm -hmm. it was like, you know, I, you, you, there's no such thing as an objectively bad game. But it was an objectively buggy game. And it was yeah. just hard to play right at the start and a mess. And it didn't really resolve a lot of that stuff until um, the next year even. So, yeah, I remember like people saying, like, we can't, you know, that shouldn't even be considered. I don't think we ended up nominating it even. But so I'm thankful that we have a game that, you know, people like. That's also got a good review, thanks to yeah. this guy. 
and uh, we and it's also a big cultural phenomenon. It's kind of yeah. the same reason why we have um, the top 100 best games versus the top 100 most influential, which spoilers we're working through right now to update. Um, it, there's a differentiation between being a cultural phenomenon and then being a cultural phenomenon, but also a fundamentally good game, which Animal Crossing has to its benefit. So Pokemon Go is definitely in one camp and not necessarily both. So it makes a big distinction yeah. for things like Game of the Year. Yeah. I mean, famous example of that is like Mortal Kombat or E.T., where like those games don't hold up and they're not fun. They're not great games. But like they were talked like Mortal Kombat was talked about in Congress. You know, and it was resulting in it resulted in in a DSRB, um, and ET is you know famous just as being the pit of jokes for a very long time, the butt of jokes, and uh, well, because I thought it was good. It was a good pun, and also yeah, it also shut down the game industry. Sometimes it's scapegoated <laughs> as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ET spends a lot of his time in a pit in that game. <laughs> true, that's very true. Uh, and, and I do want to clarify: we gave Pokemon Go a seven, which isn't a bad review. That probably good? not a game of the year contender. Right. Yeah. That was before Phenomenon. we had um that was before we had the 10 point scale too. So that meant like like we just barely think it's a 7. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's 7-ish. Yeah. Um if we wanted to make a sh- a short li- like five games that we would be considering uh for game of the year so far. Last of Us Part 2, I would say Half-Life Alex, Ghost of Tsushima, Animal Crossing, but what would that fifth one be? Maybe. Well, maybe it is Hades. Hades, probably. Yeah, maybe it would be Hades. I don't know. What'd you say, Tina? If it was as of right now, because obviously we have a couple other big games coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping Cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed and stuff like that are about to blow our minds. Miles Morales. Watch Dogs. People are excited for those games. Yeah, still, still to come. Cyberpunk, Mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Watch Dogs Legion, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Demon Souls. As well, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe Pokemon Snap. I also wonder if like Genshin Impact is uh, gonna have an impact on people's decision yeah, making. Yeah, because I haven't played it yet, but it's become uh, it, it's blown up as kind of yep. more than it started off as you know the Breath of the Wild like, which obviously people are still acknowledging, including in our own review. Um, but I imagine as it picks up and creates a bit of its own community, that might be another contender by come mm-hmm. November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we we talked about that a little bit last week um, after Sam and I checked it out, and we weren't you know super blown away by it. But IGN gave it a nine, and I I know a lot of people out there are playing this game. Someone wrote in to say they're it, the game hasn't been out very long. Someone wrote in uh, to Gamescape and said he's spent a hundred and fifty dollars in the game. Please, and he loves out. and he loves it. He says he loves it. Well, clearly, um, I downloaded it and really didn't like it. Actually, I didn't care for yeah. it at all. I, I mean, I read our review, and I'm like, okay, like those are good points, but it's like not. I I, I actually don't agree with the Breath of the Wild comparison. Um, it, you know, it's an open world game, and has that art style, and you have a glider, and then that's where the comparisons end. Um, it's you know, got the grass. It's got the grass, but there's no. I mean, it's missing the point. It, it's superficially like Breath of the Wild, but Breath of the Wild has all the reactivity and improvisation, and like all and the crazy stuff player. you can do with the physics system in the world that like. Yep. None of that's in Genshin Impact. Like it's a superficial comparison because you're gliding around a really pretty open world. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I respect the people that like it, but man, like I don't. I don't see it for myself. You know, like I think there's a there's a loop that I haven't gotten to in it yet. 
And I, I understand that, you know, like I would like to get to that. And, and what's cool is that it's, it involves exploration. I think that's great. That's my jam. Um, but what I hear people keep plugging to me is that there's really good elemental combinations hmm. and they, they think that's like really neat. And so I think that that sounds like a good system too. But the whole thing has a sheen that causes me just as like a consumer or a critic to be suspicious just because it's free to play and because it's always online and it's a little bit chuggy because of that. And it's just weird. It's just like, a, it's like, it's a feeling I'm not used to. It's like when you're playing a game that has a bunch of advertisements, um, that's just so ever present. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to not have that, to pay to not have that is something you're paying for when you pay for a game like breath of the wild. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, let's move on. Hopefully everyone got a chance to see the uh, the demonstration of the PlayStation, PlayStation 5 UI earlier today, the user interface. Uh, there's some, uh, it, it wasn't really the visual the, the visuals that struck out to me. There's some features that I think are really interesting, like activities mm -hmm. and uh, percentage completion of basic, basically like levels and activities and games. Did you guys notice that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like really cool. they were showing off uh, what Sackboy's big a uh, big adventure or whatever that that game is, uh, and then showed it, it told you like you have ten minutes left in this level, yeah. And I think that's so interesting. It also kind of seems to be uh, addressing what we were talking about maybe a couple episodes ago, uh, Justin. How you were saying like video games are unique that they don't let you skip to whatever part of them you want to, and it kind of I mean it looks like they were it was it was you were able to sort of skip around at least at least with that game with Sackboy, yeah. It's going to be on a game by game basis, but they really yeah. did play up the fact that like it's going to present you this menu of activities and like what would you like to do in this game right now and you know here's how long it will take you. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, um, I don't know where that data would be coming from. It's also interesting to think like <laughs> if they if they implemented that into the PlayStation Store, so like while you're browsing games before you even make your purchase, like for Red Dead Redemption Two, he's like eighty hours. Hmm. It'll take yeah. eighty hours to finish this game. I know you're probably going to go through a list of features, but like that watch along thing was super cool to me. I like the idea of having somebody picture in picture and just kind of moving it out of the way and they, you can just see what they're playing. Like mm -hmm. that's how I play games. I'm usually talking to somebody else while I'm playing a game about the same game that I'm playing kind of mm -hmm. near each other. And like, I think that'd be really cool to be able to like, just kind of like, just pop that up and be like, I'm stuck here or pop that up and be like, you know, like, did you see this? This was crazy, you know, or just see where the other person is and compete. I think it's really funny. So I, I think I missed that one. Can you break that down for me? Like I, I'm yeah. playing a game. I could like I can like phone a friend. Yeah, and it shows them picture in picture. You can it's share not your really screen. Like a, yeah, it's not really like a phone a friend feature. It's more just like a hangout, a watch party yeah. kind of feature. So they actually showed an example where somebody was playing Uncharted Lost Legacy um, in a picture in picture mode. And you can, uh, I think there's some levels of features where you can tweak it around. You can drag it around whatever part of the screen mm -hmm. you prefer to put it into. But I, I actually, when I was watching that, I was like, why would I want to do that? But Sam, the way you're describing it is a lot more how I might use it is if I'm playing the same game as someone else. And mm -hmm. instead of just kind of like incremental going okay what part are you at now you can mm -hmm. kind of see where your friend is at the same time but if you're worried about spoilers and one person's playing a little bit faster than you i can see that being kind of disruptive to the experience too but they talked about that like and that was something that i wanted to highlight that i thought was so interesting like you know spoiler avoidance is like not some revolutionary thing like uh, you know uh, i think it was miranda at ijam pointed out like we do that in our game guides right like we structure our guides that way to avoid people being spoiled but did we lose damon yeah Whoa, whoa, what happened? Why'd you lose me? Your video's out. 
There you go. He's back. I'm back. Um, (laughs) But I think it's crazy interesting that the PS5 at the actual UI level, like, acknowledges spoiler avoidance as, like, a concern. And, like, there's some software. I think game developers have to flag it as, like, you took a screenshot or a video that's, like, later in our game. And if you send it to someone else, it'll have a little, it said they would have a little spoiler warning on it. And like, they don't need to open that picture or video if it has like, hey, you might be spoiled by something you see in this game. And mm-hmm. again, like I- IGN's been thinking about our content that way for years, but just to hear that acknowledged, like baked into the UI of the console itself, I thought was very clever and showed like a deep level of understanding of, uh, of how this is actually going to be used and consumed with uh, on a day-to-day basis. I'm sure they had that for the um, watching live feature, but definitely for um, screen capture, video capture. Uh, my favorite thing, though, just to jump in because it's relevant here, um, the thing I hate the most about the PS4 when you do screenshot captures is I sometimes like to rapidly take, like, okay, slightly tweak my angle, slightly yeah. tweak how my uh, protagonist is standing or whatever else. Um, and if you have to wait a beat for the, like, screenshot capture notification to go away, because if you press it again, mm-hmm. uh, you'll get that notification in your screenshot. And sometimes you miss something happening in the background, so it really... Uh, diminishes the experience there but it sounds like or it seems like based on the fact that they took a couple rapid succession uh Mm -hmm. screenshots it seems like they got rid of that so that's that's the best part of the presentation as far as i saw it i had the same problem i didn't even notice that tweak um they were were, oh sorry i was just gonna say they were a little cagey about the specifics but it sounds like it works (laughs) like you could pick the frame that you want right like when you hit the screenshot button it's not just like here's your frame i think they said you can sort of pick the frame that you like the most that's that's perfect so then you know you don't need to necessarily it it sounded to me that it almost works like live photos in um on your iphone um yeah but we'll see yeah it was really except every frame is an actual good photo whereas like live photos you're like why do why are 20 percent of these just a blur how did how did this even happen um, I, uh, I, uh, like how Xbox uh, has already tied their screenshotting and sharing to an app. It's like, it's just on your phone immediately. And I'm actually surprised that that PlayStation's not doing that same thing and they'll probably mm-hmm. get there. But like, as soon as I saw them being like, yeah, you can use voice to post your stuff on Twitter. I was like, well, I, yeah. it'd be so much better if it was on my phone immediately to be able to do that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Voice dictation is nice though. Yeah. If it um, works. Although I, I like the trackpad, like being able to swipe quickly between letters works really well on the PS4. Yeah, yeah you've mentioned that. I've, I've been using that since you, I never even knew that it was a thing. I've never touched the trackpad using it, and now I'm starting to get used to it. Is that yeah. going to be on the PS5? Well, I mean, it I has imagine. The trackpad. Yeah, I yeah. imagine they'll still use the same functionality, yeah. but having dictation as an additional thing is good. But interestingly mm-hmm. enough, they actually didn't show the dictation live um, because yeah. Schumann was narrating and then it was clearly like captured from a previous session. So I wonder yeah. how accurate it is. I'm sure it yeah. is, but it was just interesting that they did it that way. I got like this little pang of anxiety when he was doing that. I was like, oh, it's going to capture, like, it's going to start saying exactly what he's going to say, <laughs> which would have been a really cute thing. But yeah. Getting back to like um, the time left in activities and levels, I wonder where that information is coming from. Me is too. it the developers just guessing? Is it like based on well, average playtesting? Yeah, or is it's it, average probably. It I, I think they said, I'll have to go back and listen to the video, but I think they said it's dynamic. So my takeaway from that, like there's there's dumb ways that this could work or like really, really fancy ways that this could work. And like the fancy way it would work is like it recognizes where you're going through that game quickly or slowly. Like, oh, they did the last three levels mm-hmm. at this pace. So this is how much time mm-hmm. I, you know, we think it's going to take them to complete this next activity, this next section. And I, I, I'll have to go back and watch, but I think they did say that it's like a dynamic, a dynamic representation of time that's like specific to the person, I think. 
That would be hilarious because you can like they'll say like oh the average person takes this you know one hour but given given your speed maybe three hours for you let's let's allow a little bit more time <laughs> yeah that's like the we fit balance board telling you how overweight you are like I don't need that it also yeah. I mean I don't care how those, cute the voice is yeah all those features plus the you know game help stuff all that stuff seems so cool and they spent so much time talking about it but um it strikes me as something that like. We're gonna see it in first party games, right? And then they'll they'll arm twist some third parties into doing it. But like a lot yeah. of games probably just aren't gonna support all that stuff. Like it seems like a lot of like upkeep and work on their part. It's also PS Plus only. Mm, that's clever. That's right. Well, yeah, uh, some of it, yeah, especially the game help, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sam, what did you think about the uh, the game help features? Um, so I think the the dream is to be able to play a game and have, you know, the thing that you need help you right away. But Mm. there's also a problem with that uh, in that, you know, you're at the mercy of the people that made that game who don't want to spoil it and they don't want you to break their game. And Sony uh, probably, you know, will include really cool, helpful stuff. But like, there's something to be said for uh, the people that are telling you to like, if you're frustrated with this, spam the boss this way. And I don't think you're going to get that type of stuff. Now, it's also possible that they will outsource where they get that from. And so it'll be like people like even us or people that like, you know, play tested the game that might be really good at it or something that might be uh, uh, showing that off. But I think it'll be controlled in a way. And the the prototype for that is Nintendo. So Nintendo has had game help in their games for a long time. And it's really interesting. It's like play as Luigi. He's invincible. That's their (laughs) game help, you know? And th- and there's no punishment. It's not like you get like a special star next to your name or something if you if you beat it as Mario. Like they just they just give you an invincibility thing anytime you want it. So mm-hmm. like I, I think that there's um, there's uh, game designers and game developers don't want to break their games in interesting ways. That's why there's right. no cheats in any games anymore. But I think it's really convenient to have that game help on hand. Yeah. Be more yeah. tips than an actual thorough guide the way we might do something yeah. so it it feels like a good in between like if you're not really looking for everything to be completely described to you you can use that functionality but i think there's something to be said for do people want it on a singular screen like they, they clearly played that up a lot like you can go into your party you can like edit um some of these screenshots whatever else like within one screen which i can see the uh comfort to that i can see the benefit to it but like we know that um people usually use their phones as kind of like a second screen experience to the game um so there's there's something really convenient about that too so i wonder if we're going to see people like adapting to no i prefer it on my giant 4k tv like it's totally functional here it's an easier experience i don't have to like sit and type something and google for it or whatever else Mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting to see like if user behavior around that changes now that this is becoming a thing that's more formalized they did um they did talk a couple different times about the new like fully redesigned playstation app for mobile devices and we didn't actually see it yeah. So it's possible that some of what would be like pinned on the screen, well, maybe you will Ooh. be able to access it just directly on your phone. Yeah, yeah, maybe um, you can just toss to your phone the way like you know an Apple TV experiences. We, um, I have a couple thoughts on this. You know, one game developers, game help kind of picks apart the work of the game developers, right? They're like, ha ha ha, we cleverly hid this Korok seed, you know, underneath this rock, or there's a Cult of Cosmos member tucked away on this island, and game help is like, here they are. Here's all mm-hmm. fifty of them. Here's all hundred mm-hmm. of them. So. 
I don't like there's a tension there between like if you're the one making the game and then you're the one sort of allowing people to break your own game and pick it apart and just like here's the answers to all the puzzles that we spent six years building. Like yeah. it feels more appropriate for that to come from a third party, like you know, a guide writer, a game maker than the people that made the game itself. And yeah. some companies like Ubisoft sell that to you. Um yeah. they sell you maps that are like, here's every treasure chest in our game. So it's like to, is yeah. that going to be baked into PS Plus now? Like, and there's still print guides that are official that are you know have a deal with the with the developer and they sell you a book, right? Like that's still a business too. That's interesting. You know, uh, there's also like an audience consideration here. Like part of part of game help and the reason you want help is to kind of like get through a game. And and I think people tend to like I'm just judging this from our comments. People tend to like use it like crazy because it's really popular, but they don't like to brag about using it. They're kind of like, you know, oh, I got through this game on my own. You know, like that's that's like the sentiment you hear a lot more than I love playing along to a strategy guide, even though both are fine ways to play games. I'll tell you what, there's probably more people out there using strategy guides than not. So uh, I think like like I, it depends also like can your friends see you using tips on the uh on the playstation <laughs> yeah. thing like i wonder if it'll be yeah, like, all your trophies like yeah. with a little disclaimer or like sure. sam's watching a boss guide right now would you like to watch him <laughs> yeah share screen <laughs> no i'm not no it was an accident i didn't mean to click on that share screen did you like to show tina you're that you're watching a baby Do you want to tweet this babies? now <laughs> yeah would you like to tweet it you're cheating we'll see we'll see and you know what's interesting about these features? Uh, these are all from the patents that we covered earlier this year. Yeah, I forgot this about that. All, oh, yeah, that's about, totally right. right? About yes. the game help that was built into the UI and tailored to you specifically and be offered, may even offer uh, uh, sort of like microtransactions that you can purchase. It's all stuff that we heard about earlier this year. That sounds like a good news feature. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll work on that while we finish this episode. So nobody's <laughs> okay. All right, let's switch gears from PlayStation 5 to Xbox Series X and S. We have the launch lineup, the official launch lineup. It is 30-something games. That's a lot of not next-gen content. No. We call that I mean, cross-play now, Damon. That's the, that's the euphemism. <laughs> cross. Mm, not, that cross-play is a different thing. Oh, no, sorry, um, not cross-play. Uh, what are they calling it? Smart How delivery. Cross, no. Smart delivery. Cross-gen. Well, so a lot of these games will be featuring smart delivery. Because in our list, it's like, yeah, all the smart delivery mm -hmm. stuff. I don't, I don't, so I don't know how Microsoft um, found itself in this position. Like, I, <laughs> I have a, I have an Xbox Series X pre-ordered, and I'm actually excited for it. And they have lots of, you know, very uh, friendly features, and Game Pass is amazing. But I just, I don't know how they found themselves launching a new Xbox without a single, or you know, exclusive or first-party game. Just there's just literally nothing. I mean, they had the they they were willing to delay Halo, right? Like the the yeah. man, I so badly want to be like a fly on the wall in the room where they like made that decision. And like, it's always, I guess I shouldn't say always. Like, it, it nearly always has to be the right decision, right? Like, games are delayed for a reason, but it's still such a hard, hard decision to make. Um, yeah, I, I'm in the I'm in the same boat as you, Damon. We're like, I, I I'm really impressed with the Series X. I like the console's design. I like the decisions Microsoft is making, but I don't have a Series X pre-ordered, and like I don't feel any motive. Like I don't feel like I'm missing anything by not buying that console this November. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's a. I think that's a, a feeling shared by a lot of people. You know, it's supposed to be the more powerful console. Assassin's Creed, recent Assassin's Creed games have been absolutely beautiful. So, Assassin's Creed Valhalla could very well end up, you know, looking the best on Xbox Series X. But it's also available on Xbox One. So it's like you don't really feel like uh, splurging five hundred dollars to play that that one game. It's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, I remember the last generation, the launch lineup wasn't super interesting. I think um, at the time I was working for Kotaku, and I think I did like a ranking or like micro reviews of all the PS4 specifically um, yeah. launch lineup. And it was like, you know, some interesting games, but it wasn't anything big. Like it needed a year within its lifespan to really get going and pick up. So it's not super surprising to me that the launch lineup for either console necessarily isn't going to be the biggest banger. Um, it's more about the investment rolling forward of, of some of the promises that they have and some of the studios that they've acquired and what those are going to result in. So it's more of that long-term investment. Damon yeah. and I worked on the polls for Next Gen Console Watch this week, which are uh, really interesting. Uh, they're, uh, what are your favorite console launches of all time? And we mm -hmm. put like three games for each. I just went back and I looked at what the launches were. They're so bad. Like console mm -hmm. launches are always so bad. bad. Unless and, you're, and, uh, unless it's a Nintendo console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nintendo has had some really cool stuff from the start. They usually have a Mario game or a Zelda game at the start, right? So they've really focused on that. But there's a, but we also have a, a little bit rosier memories because there is usually a December and January kind of like release window, and mm. um, we don't have as much of that this year, which is surprising to me. Like everything's either coming out in November or you're waiting until next year, some later time yeah last gen ps4 and xbox is the first time i remember like launch day versus launch window like there was a big like it's coming launch window and then they got yeah. very generous with like yeah. it's like wow. six Two months years still later. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but tina's exactly right like it takes a year um and particularly for third parties you know because they don't they don't they don't make money on the hardware right and they don't they're not motivated to sell hardware so they're in a really like the console transition is fraught with peril for like the EA and Activisions of the world because they have to sell, you know, 10 million copies of their AAA games to break even. So they have to continue bringing them out on last gen while continue. Well, you know, I, I don't know when the inflection point is, but at some point there's enough next gen consoles sold where they can start like dropping off and not having the last gen versions of games. Um, so we'll just have to have to wait and see on that, I guess. Yeah. I think there's a, there's still a case to be made for the Xbox and why I'm excited about it is that it's just things will look the best on it. So like, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed is probably going to look just that much better on the more powerful system. It just is. And it's got, you know, it, it's just, it's set up for that. And I think that's really cool and exciting. And that's what next gen is really all about. I also can tell from uh, Ryan's fantastic preview today, check out Ryan McCaffrey's preview of our, uh, of, of the Xbox. It's it's just really, really cool. It answers a lot of the questions I had. And um, he mentioned in there that uh, the system is not using the power to show us what it can do yet. So it's mm -hmm. like, of all the things that Xbox, Xbox put out, even though we're all talking about them as like, oh, I could play this anywhere, or that there's no exclusives or anything, it's also not showcasing its full power. And that's usually true, but it's really important for this system to do that, right? This yeah. one should should show, be showing us something really amazing right now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I also picked out the two games I'm going to play. I'm going to play Assassin's Creed on it and Tetris yep. Effect. And I've never played the, the, any Tetris Effect. I didn't yeah. play the last one. So like, I think this one will be definitely one I'll try. Tetris, Tetris Effect is really good. It made me cry. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean... I remember you saying that. 
Uh, yeah, I think Dornbush too. Um, yeah. Sam, you and Damon both brought up graphics comparisons. Like, I kind of forgot. Like, that's such a huge part of what IGN does around the launch of a console. Then we eventually kind of stop doing them as often because everyone kind of understands how the games look on the different consoles. And like, we're getting that back, and that's that's really exciting. Of like, we all know, or we think we know, that the Xbox is the more powerful console. But like, how much more powerful is it? Much more powerful? Are the games going to be really comparable? And you know, of course, games on the Xbox One were still beautiful, but like it was undeniable that the PS4 just had a little bit more muscle behind oh, it, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. And, like, we don't know yet. Like, we don't know, like, man, are games going to run at 10 FPS worse on the PS5? Or mm-hmm. are they or are they super, you know, neck and neck with each other? And, mm-hmm. of course, it's always on a game-by-game basis. So, like, the devil's in the details on this stuff. And, like, we're not really going to know until after these consoles are out in the wild. Yeah. Like the acknowledgement of PS4 was always a little bit better um, than than Xbox uh, games was kind of what gave it the leg up aside from some of the marketing and and PR and communication pitfalls that uh, Xbox fell into. That was the big sticking point. So people always opted to, well, why wouldn't I get this game on the PS4 if I have the choice Mm -hmm. between the two consoles? So if those, I don't know, like four extra teraflops or whatever it is between the Mm -hmm. two, um, if it actually comes to some level of visibility in those graphics comparisons, I could easily see people shifting in that direction to where they're like, why wouldn't I buy it on the Xbox Series X, even if it's going to look minimally uh, better, because obviously you want the best experience. Mm-hmm. So it remains to be seen, and we're going to have to have a couple heavy hitter games uh, and some of those graphics comparisons, and then a consistency in that narrative to see where people are going to inevitably make their choice. Yeah. And we should mention uh, the launch lineup is a little bit better on PS5, but it's not really that much better. You know, like even Miles Morales, you can still play on your PS4. Mm-hmm. Demon Souls is exclusive PS5, but you know most everything on uh, for on, on Sony's side is also they do have a launch window game though. They have Ratchet and Clank in their launch they do. window. They do. All right, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Cleveland did, the person, not the city. I recently purchased Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, and found myself flip-flopping between using the thumbstick and D-pad. I eventually settled on the D-pad because it just felt right for the game, felt that it increased my movement accuracy. My question is, when a game offers the ability to use the D-pad instead of the thumbstick, do you find yourself using that option? I often find myself using the D-pad for platformers and side-scrollers. If I'm forced to use the thumbstick in those kinds of games, it can throw me off. Perhaps it's a generational thing. What? How do you play Splunky, Damon? D-pad. Yeah. Yeah, I play 2D games with a D-pad. I mean, a thumbpad yeah. is intended for 3D movement and control, right? Yes. Um, even something like Streets of Rage 4, uh, even though you can like move uh back and forth into the foreground and background i still use the d-pad because it just feels right for an old school brawler arcade style game like that it's kind of the difference between like mouse and keyboard versus controller like obviously if you're playing a first person shooter you get more you get more of accuracy out of a mouse and keyboard but if you're not familiar with a mouse and keyboard or you're not usually spending your time there you're actually probably not as accurate without some level of practice. So if your familiarity is with the controller, I'm sure you would opt with it for a controller. So using that analogy, I think it's the same. Like if there's somebody who doesn't play a ton of platformers, they might opt for just, you know, the left stick because it's what you're experiencing in a lot of other games. Yeah. Um, so it kind of comes down to what you're comfortable with. Yeah. My answer is a little embarrassing. I try to do the D-pad and I just find myself going using the stick all the time. 
Like I'm just like, what? Oh, I'm using the stick. Like I just, I just slip into it. Yeah. My brain has been burned into using the left stick nowadays. Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. And like, I don't, I don't notice that much of a difference, but like I demand a D pad, you know, like that's something like I think <laughs> is important. And like, I was upset when the switch doesn't have it. And then also I didn't like it when it was really tiny on the three DS, but like, and I use it, I try to use it, but then like, I realize like, Oh, I'm doing totally fine with the analog stick. So even when you're playing like Mega Man Legacy Collection on Switch, you use the analog stick? Yeah, that's a really good example. I reviewed that and I kept on thinking about that while I was playing it. And there's only like, I remember um, uh, one one example where I like the stick and why we should use the stick in games is that uh, Pac-Man has been like improved so much by that stick. Like a Hmm. D-pad is not, Pac-Man is a four-directional game. It's, yeah. It should just have a D-pad, basically, or a joystick that goes up and down. But when you're playing Pac-Man on a joystick, you're you like grind it in like this like this like circle-shaped aperture, and you're kind of like swooping it around, right? And it kind of feels like that. So, and then in Pac-Man um, DX, um, there's collector CEDX or whatever the heck it was called. Mm-hmm. I know how to b- bunch of letters after it. When you did that, you would grind with little sparks around the edge, like the analog yeah. stick. Yeah. It knew that you were kind of doing that motion. I always loved that. And then great. also, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And then also, I, I'm mad at D-pads forever because I think <laughs> playing Street Fighter on them, it sucks. And all my friends got really good yeah. at Street Fighter 2, and I, I, it just would kill your thumb to do like a rotation <laughs> yeah. on it. It's not, not what it's for. It's actually more accurate with fighting games, though, when you use the D-pad, if you're quick enough. For sure. That's the point, right? Is that it's supposed to be eight directions, and you're supposed to hit right. only those and not anything else, right? So it's like Except- really accurate. Yeah, except personally with Marvel vs. Capcom when it comes to that franchise, much more left stick, actually, because I feel like I can nail those, like, down up or down left. or Yeah, exactly, like those moves a little bit easier. Yeah, and that comes from the arcade stick for sure, even though that's like a mixture. It's digital, it's not analog, but it's it, it's in like a grooved contour so you can do these swoops. Mm-hmm. But I, I still about controllers I, all day, man. This is exciting. <laughs> I can't believe how in the year of our Lord 2020, D-pads are still so terrible by and large. Like the NES D-pad in so 1984 good. is better than most D-pads that are mm-hmm. around today. Um, Xbox has actually really figured it out. Like the Xbox D-pad is great. The PlayStation D-pad is terrible. Like it's hard to use and it feels bad. And then Nintendo's just kind of given up. So like... At, hey, they're keeping know, the patent. That's what they're doing. That's, yeah. yeah, they have those um, D-pad extensions too, to where you can get more of that fluid movement yeah. out of them. It has like more quadrants available, yeah. so you can like pull off additional moves. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't the reason why D-pads are so bad so bad is because Nintendo owns the patent to the NES controller D-pad, and so no one else can copy it? I don't know if that's a fact because they don't even own the patent to uh, to the NES because you can just make an NES and it's fine. They gave up uh, on that. Make a clean but, um, but uh, that was true at some point. And D-pads were bad for a long time because they were com- competing on that level. Yeah. Um, uh, well, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, there's, there are third-party uh, companies now, like 8-BitDo, um, that are making third-party controllers. And I think those are pretty good. Pretty happy with their... I agree. Their products. Uh, this is Thomas Chandler. He says, I recently decided to download No Man's Sky since I had heard so many good things about the work Hello Games has put into it since the Rocky launch. I immediately fell in love and earned the platinum, the platinum trophy after about 40 hours. I was wondering if there was a game any of the Omega Cops picked up long after its release and loved. So basically any game that's come out with expansions or DLC, so you waited for mm. all the content. Mm. 
like well, a, that's, that's a good reason to do it, right? Yeah. Many, so many games. Lord of the Rings. Uh, no, I said <laughs> I just said so many. I like, mean, uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> That may be up there, although they're still making new stuff. Uh, My example is probably Crusader Kings 2. Um, Mm. They had some insane Humble Bundle. We're like, now in hindsight, I understand it's because Crusader Kings 3 was coming. But Mm. you okay? Yep. Uh, The the DLC for that game normally costs, like, you know, they've been making it for years. It's like hundreds of dollars worth of DLC. And they had some crazy bundle where you could get it all for like 20 bucks or something cheap. And so just piled on like a million and one expansions onto Crusader Kings 2. And had a grand old time, kind of trying to take over. Like I started down an island and tried to take over all of Europe, and mm-hmm. and um, and then um, because I had denied Catholicism, the Pope was not happy with me. And <laughs> that was the that was the end of that. <laughs> Have you played any Crusader Kings three? No, not yet. Um, but you know, it's definitely maybe, a Justin game. But um, maybe you a know, couple of years you will, and it'll be just like this question. There is there is some truth to that though. Like that is. Yeah, everyone sort of lauds post-game support is like that's the gold standard now, right? You want a developer to support their game for years and years. But like in the back of my head, I'm like, maybe I don't want to put a hundred hours into this game at launch when you know they're gonna add on systems and new areas and new races and new this for a long, long time. Like maybe it is worth waiting. Um I feel that way about Civ these days now too. Hmm. Yeah. I I got Civ six on Switch uh a year or two after it had already been out, and I think that's it's it's like right up there with Breath of the Wild for my most played Switch game. Which Breath of the Wild would be a good game to wait on because now you have so many resources from so many players who have discovered so many crazy things. So you might be more like if you, you know, stopped playing the game, you wouldn't get to yeah. experience it. But if you're still actively playing, that's one way of doing it. Uh, I don't really have a proper equivalent, um, mostly because, you know, we play games as they come out just to stay yeah, current. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, I did. I've skipped the division, the first one, because everyone said it was so horrible when it came out. And I know that they, you know, supplied it with lots of patches and made some additions and changes. But I waited basically unknowingly for the division two, because I assume, you know, they had gone through some of the criticism from one. Uh, so I suppose that counts. I waited on the series in this case rather than one yeah. specific game. That's interesting. Um, Say anything for you. I, it's the exact same point that, that Tina made that like I you know pride myself in playing the games that I want to play quickly so I can talk about them and and, and share my opinions mm-hmm. not, not only professionally but just like personally I like that that you know I love going to an office and talking to people about our games or, or whatever the substitute of the office is now so I want to be part of that conversation um, but there was a time in which I was you know in the early stages of my career and I remember thinking like. I missed the Xbox One entirely, for example. So I went back and I got both Halo 1 and 2, played those like, you know, six or eight years after they came out. And they were so good. I remember doing that for um, a couple of like really big games, like Half-Life and Half-Life 2. Actually, I never played Half-Life 1. I played only Half-Life 2 and then the orange box. Uh, But still like way after, I played Portal only when it came out. But man, those Mm -hmm. games are so cool to go back and play because in that period, they held up. And I don't know, there's probably like, you know, it's hard to say what would hold up for the last like six years that I really like to go back and play. I feel like I've given everything a fair shake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree that I pretty much play just about everything that I'm interested in playing uh, as it's released these days. Mm-hmm. What about um, Fortnite? I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I'm still waiting. Yeah, I played it. <laughs> waiting for the right moment. Got it. Uh, although Splunky might be a good example. Splunky came out on... Uh, <laughs> on PC and then on Xbox Live Arcade, but I never played it there. I didn't play it until it came to PlayStation Plus 
and was oh. free on my PS4. So that's crazy to think that this game I've spent so, so much time in and has brought me such joy I didn't pay anything for, in addition mm-hmm. to my monthly subscription. Mm-hmm. And of course, we all like like educating ourselves by going back and playing very old games. That's just a fun thing that we do. Yeah, yeah. That's a fun Sunday morning activity for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more email before we get to Video Game 20 questions. This is Augustus from Pittsburgh. It says, now that Halloween is fast approaching, the fans of GameScoop have to know, now that everyone has been working remotely for months... Where is Ricardo O'Skeleton? His absence from the show was like a gaping hole in my heart. Please tell us, GameScoop fans, that Ricardo is safe and spooky this Halloween. Sam, were you in the office yesterday? Yeah, I've been is in the office okay? a few times. I haven't seen the skeleton. I've seen the potatoes. Yeah, yeah was that was Is, is no. Ricardo not on the TV? Is he not on the CRT? No, because well, we have, not there. We, we're like uh, we're moving offices, so I was yeah. like packing up a bunch of our retro games. We have like this like kind of little retro nook with a bunch of NES and Super Nintendo games and all kinds of stuff. Packing that up, but the skeleton was there, and I had torn that down. I don't know. I don't know where the skeleton is, but we did have a potato skull skeleton, which yeah. is there, and then a Ricardo. potato with Damon's face on it. Yes, Ricardo, and then Yaman Hatfield, <laughs> and uh, yeah. the yam has a giant glorious green uh full shrub coming out of it yeah it's like it's It's, so healthy and and it's 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 used its own energy to make this second plant uh just as it's supposed to without any soil just sitting on the desks between tina and damon and his dad's water or yeah yeah, or any water it's been totally fine and it was going really well for ricardo the potato skeleton with the skeleton Mm -hmm. head but things have taken a turn for the worse (laughs) Uh, last time I went there, that potato had gone total shrivelly. I don't oh, know no. what happened. <laughs> oh, no. And those are both on your desk, Stephen. Okay, good. Um, Pablo uh, says Pablo says it's very soft to the touch, still though, because it looks why like is a he rock. Touching it? <laughs> I think we, he was there, and he was like, "I gotta do it." <laughs> I think it's really unbelievable awesome. that with like well, I tell my young children what do plants need to grow? They need sunlight, water, and yeah. soil. And it turns yeah. out that's a lie. No, because <laughs> they don't need the soil. Huge, there's a huge plant growing out of that yam, and you don't need any soil or water, apparently. <laughs> or light. There it is. That's the sh- that, yeah. That's where it got all shriveled. shriveled one. Yeah. That yeah. was that there was a full size potato for months and months and months with a big shrub out of it too, and then it just there. disappeared. <laughs> it looks like the last look of us. Look at it. Yeah, it, it does, does look, look like nice. the last of us. Very yeah, much like the last of us. Oh, here we go. Um, this is uh, this is Yemen. Hatfield. Yeah. I don't know. It's not yeah. it's the the autofocus is. Uh, but look, but you can focusing. see it looks like a beautiful bouquet of yeah. awesome flowers. Yeah. Uh, where I sit at my desk, Ricardo was on that shelf to my left. So I still have to go into the office to grab my things, and I will definitely did, grab Ricardo. Where did it come? Okay. Where did where did he come from? Uh, it was for. I'm a scoop fan. But I don't remember if I like no. bought it uh, for no, set decoration. T- or... Tina, you and I oh, got we, those from Safeway. Yeah, that's right. So just that's a prank, right. Damon. That's right, because a scoop fan had sent you, Sam, I think. Yes, I, I was really hoping we weren't going to go back into this. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the inspiration. And so, yes, yeah. we, we went to the local Safeway and, and pranked it up. Yeah, that's what happened. It wasn't, wasn't there like a wedding involved in this? So. So if yeah, Ricardo, these, there was that runaway contest to put my face on things, and then somebody was like, and then I put it on a potato. Oh, okay. yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. So if um, here's what we need to do. We're just going to delete this segment and we're just going to say, oh, Ricardo's alive and well because it's a $10 skeleton from Safeway <laughs> yeah. that we can just easily replace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, that brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Shane from Leeds, UK. And he has an intro. He says, in a year of redacted with redacted, redacted and the upcoming redacted my 20 question suggestion is my favorite redacted of all time okay. is this part of the assassin's creed franchise no oh that was so good <laughs> i was gonna say when you said okay it's time for it my, the, my one of my favorite what we do in the shadows things is uh, nandor can't say a okay so he sa- always says oh okay <laughs> 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 and then uh guillermo corrects him it's mm-hmm. okay master um <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, maybe this is about launch games and next gen because. Oh yeah, upcoming this next games. gen. My favorite can launch the, game. Can I hear the redacteds again? Yeah. Okay. Once again, in a year of redacted, with redacted, redacted, and the upcoming redacted, my twenty question suggestion oh. is my favorite redacted of all time. I think I think it's remakes. I the upcoming remakes too, but which one? I don't know. Well, is this a remake? Is this well, is this a remake? Was that a question? Yeah, is that a question we should ask? Sure. Sure. Yes, it is a remake. It has been the year of remakes. Yeah. So we, a year did, of remakes. we did crack the code because the upcoming yeah. is Demon Souls, right? It's gotta be. Yeah. Uh, Can we get okay. in three questions? Well, hold on. Can we get in three questions? <laughs> I, I think it's Super Mario All Stars. Oh. Or I don't know what it is. I just... <laughs> Demon's I don't know. Souls remake. Um, in a year, in a in a year of remakes with with remake one, remake okay, two, and the upcoming remake three. This is my favorite. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it doesn't have to be the upcoming one or the one from the series. No. Well, it's my yeah. it's my favorite redacted, which is why I think it's part of a series because, like, mm. you could say it's my favorite yeah. Assassin's Creed. Oh yeah. oh yeah, I think it's his favorite remake. Damon said it's a remake. Yeah, but in a year it, of remakes. With this oh. game, that game, and another thing coming out, this is my favorite redacted. So it Wait, I, I got okay. this. I got this. I, I okay. can solve this. All What's right. this guy's name? Shane. Shane. Is this Shane's favorite remake of all time? Wait a minute. It, uh, uh, That's what we're all arguing about. You're, you're <laughs> trying to figure out what that last redacted is? Yeah. yeah. That's, we're, as, we're, we're burning a question on, is yeah. this 20 questions game Shane's <laughs> favorite remake of all time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is oh man this is a good one that is really you, didn't good. Three, you didn't get in three questions though wait didn't That's we fine. basically just ask that question didn't we ask if it was a remake well but we now we know for sure okay well now we know what we cracked the redacted code well here's right. what we here's what we eliminated any games that are forthcoming yeah so it's not demon souls remake we uh, that was the, that was what i was trying to eliminate yeah is this yeah, a I mean, Nintendo isn't 20 Questions always a released game anyway? Is this a, a, no, is, no, I don't think so. I can't tell. Did, what do you think, Dan? Did, wait, wait. What question am I answering? Are 20 Questions games always games that have already come out? This is not one of our it, questions. Yes, they are. They have always been, yes. Yeah. They have always mm-hmm. been? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, do you want to ask your question, Justin? Yeah. Is this a is, Nintendo remake? Yes. Okay. okay, so Wind Waker, Skyward Sword. Is this a Zelda game? No. Okay, That's so five. Mario All-Stars? Is it, does this game have more than one game in the game? 
No. Okay. <laughs> Could be okay, but it's not Zelda. Hmm. I mean, is it a Mario remake? No. Same answer, Kirby. Same question, Kirby. No. Okay. This is this WarioWare on the GameCube. Was that a remake or is that just a game? It, came a out of like, it was a port. Well, yeah, but that's, you know, that counts. It had new stuff in it. It's got to be not, a remake. Not Mario, not Zelda. Uh, oh, could maybe be Met- Fire Emblem? Could be Metroid Zero Mission. Could be Fire Emblem. Metroid Zero Mission's amazing remake. That's an amazing remake. Yeah, uh, it really is. Is this? Should I ask if this game is on Switch? Narrow it down by um, timeline. What would it be? Because would there be? Ones? I don't think there's. Are there too older many. remakes? I mean, it might as well because that would illuminate. A, like, there's a ton of older remakes, but I don't know. Okay. Like fire. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if know, that. If there's if not if it's not a Mario or Zelda, I don't know how many are left on the Switch. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's the only thing. I'm, I'm, but I mean, maybe Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem has remake remakes of the early stuff, but it's probably not that. Mm-hmm. Advance Wars, that get remakes. No. Um, it could be Zero Mission. I think that's a really good one to aim for. Is this a Metroid game? Yes. Is it Metroid okay. Zero Mission? Yes. Woo! Ten, Ten questions. Ten's Ten pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the, the full um, email was, in a year of remakes with Resident Evil 3, Final Fantasy 7, and the upcoming Demon Souls, my 20 question suggestion is my favorite remake of all time, Metroid Zero. There we Zero. go. The code. It all makes Very, sense. Very nicely job. That was like a, a, that was an extension of a game that's kind of a good game. Like that that's kind of like if somebody wants to send us stuff like that, we will try yeah, to solve it. Yeah, coded tip. Yeah, I like that. Like yep. a, a meta game, mm-hmm. right? Within twenty questions. Yeah, and look, Sam, really we made great. Sam, we made your heart out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, do you know what um, next week is? Halloween. Is Halloween? No, that's Eve. the week after. Uh, next week is the 600th episode of GameScoop. Oh, wow, we have some planning to do? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what we can do from home, but this is, ep- this is episode 599, so. Wow. Yeah. Maybe we can save the milestone for 650 or something. Yeah. Huh, okay. Yeah, a year from now, maybe we can do did something. We also, did, did you ever correct our numbering, by the way? Because I remember you... Uh, <laughs> We, we skipped we, one or something. We skipped one. Yeah. We also cheated yeah. once because we needed another week for the big live show, right? So you did, didn't we do one twice? Yeah, um, I don't know. We've it lost all balanced something. out in the end. I think GameScoop 400 yeah. or 500 was the live show, but the weeks didn't work out right. Mm-hmm. So we, we did, did like a 0. 0.5 or something, right? Look, our we calendar did. doesn't even have the right years that humans in the West Western Hemisphere use. So I think we're going to be okay with it. Yeah. yeah. We did skip one. We skipped uh, episode 559 because, as we explained, that's, yeah. an, uh, that's an unlucky number for podcasts. Oh, yeah, that's right. No that's podcast right. would ever release an episode 559. Damon, why don't we week. do 559 next week and then Halloween can be 600 and then it'll I be special. Said, I just said it's very unlucky to make an episode <laughs> 559. That's why you do it on the week before <laughs> Halloween. That's yeah. the trick. Okay. And then the treat is Halloween. Not even the week of Halloween, the week before. Yeah, that's, that's the actually, trick. <laughs> that's actually maybe a good idea. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Did you hear that ringing endorsement from Damon Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually maybe a good idea. <laughs> uh, that is all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you to Tina. Thank you to Sam. Thank you to Justin. Thank you to Tayo working behind the scenes. Uh, if you have uh, questions or video game, 20 questions, suggestions, email them to me at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out.
we are going to control you now. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.